Do you ever wish you could watch how someone else is making their business happen? How they're taking their dreams and goals and making them a reality? I mean, get to see every little detail down to the nitty gritty and really get a fly on the walls view of how they work through the kinks and made things happen. That's what the TMA membership and community are all about. It allows you to pull back the curtain, see the messy of everyone's businesses and cheer each other on while sharing their best practices and lessons learned. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. In today's episode, you get to be that fly on the wall that I mentioned earlier. Peeking in on a case study session featuring the entire TMA team, Jenny, Allison, and myself. We're so excited to be coaching and mentoring a new TMA member and fellow photography business owner, Ashley McKinney. Ashley's worked so hard to build her photography business to where it is today, but wants to scale into her full-time gig. And we want that for her. Join us as we answer all Ashley's questions, give her tailored advice specific to her needs, and share exactly what's worked for us in our own businesses. Now I present to you episode number 17 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. So tell us about you. Tell us who you are and where you are and tell us about your business. Okay, so I'm Ashley. I am located in Charlottesville, Virginia. So like where UVA is. I have four kids and like many people, I got like my first T3I when I had my first baby. And so that was back in 2013 and was just like, oh, I just want to be able to take pictures, you know, and fast forward, I was enjoying it more and more. Had my second baby in 2015. Around that time, some of my friends were having babies. And so I was like, oh, let me come take your photos. (laughs) And I just was just loving it so much. And I always, at the time I paid for a photographer for each of my newborns, even after I became a professional photographer, because I was like, I don't want the pressure on me to do my own photos. So, you know, I'd like practice with my friends, but I'd be like, but hire a professional. And then 2017, I had my third baby. Around that time, people were starting to be like, oh, you know, like word of mouth, can you do our photos? And, you know, I'm like, oh, people will pay me $150? What? (laughs) Whoa, this is great, you know? So that was like 2017 to 2018. And then in 2018, I started kind of like joining some groups and realizing like what profitable pricing kind of meant. And uh, my husband at the time was working like 80 hours a week. I was a stay-at-home mom. So like the $150 for however long, like, you know, basically what, and it's what you guys have heard you say all the time since I joined like two weeks ago is I was paying people to be able to take their pictures. Right. So then like summer 2018, I was like, okay, I either need to like do this or stop because this is not fair to my family. Um, so then I started my business, took like one little class workshop and was like, I got this money was really tight for us. So we took like a thousand dollars out of our account. We're like, that's what we're like. We're just going to start with this and just see what happens. So I started like in August of that year and was like, if I can just gain my thousand dollars back by the end of this year and know that I haven't put us in the hole, I'll feel good. Come like winter, 2019, I was pregnant again. So I had baby number four at the end of that year, took maternity leave. And the week I was coming back from maternity leave in 2020 was when the COVID shutdown hit. So I was just like, well, I guess nothing I can do, right? Kind of like came back to stuff like May, June of that year. And and like, so starting back with sessions, like I think the end of May is when things started to slowly open back up where I am. And that year I still 
grossed as much as I did the entire previous year, just because I was, my business was growing. And so that was 2020. And then 2021, I doubled that. And then this past year, it was pretty much the same. I did like a little more gross, but basically what it came down to is like, I've been shooting to the point, like I can't shoot anymore. So there's like no more room for growth. And, you know, Jenny knows I've been like a creeper of hers for years. Like <laughs> Jenny Kruger's the best. She knows <laughs> kind of like at the end of like busy season uh, this year, I, I was just, I had gotten to the point where I was like, I'm not even, even after the holidays, like, I'm just like not excited to come back to stuff and feel like I'm going to do this again and again and again forever. Cause I'm, I was just so worn down. So then I just joined the TMA because I've been in the community group for, I don't know, a couple years. And um, I do, I'm like kind of creeping into like motherhood and lifestyle stuff more this year, but I've done, like, I started my business doing just posed newborns. Um, that's like a lot of my work. So for a long time, I was like, well, they seem like they know what they're talking about, but I do a lot of posts. And then I've talked to like a few people that were like, no, 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 like just business in general. They, they are amazing. So I jumped in and just, I mean, like in the first three days, I was like, what in the world was I waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. So that's where we are. I love that. <laughs> Cause it's like, it doesn't really matter what you photograph or even how you photograph it. Like, you know, there's a million different styles of newborn and baby mm-hmm. photography, but like at the end of the day, like if you're doing all of that and you're not profitable, or if your business isn't bringing in clients, like who cares what you're doing? Like, it's just yeah. not, you know, the, the artwork and the style is totally separate from like anybody's business stuff mm-hmm. and the business stuff like has to be in place for you to yeah. keep going with the art that you want, you know, like yeah. you can't, you can't shoot the way you want and get the clients that you want, whatever those clients might be without having those like bones and that structure in place. Cause like you said, you just start to burn out and not look forward to what you're doing. And I don't know like about you guys, but like, I want to hire people for my photos, really whatever service I'm using that they like want to be doing that. You know, like I don't, I wouldn't want to have a family photographer that is like bitter to turns around and says, I hate photographing families or I'm too busy and burn out and I don't want to photograph anything. I don't want that person to photograph my family. And so regardless of photography or any other service, like I want my artist or service provider or whatever to enjoy their job and get paid well for it. So a lot of people miss that. Yeah, for sure. So tell us what, where should we dive in? Like, what do you feel like you need the most help with? Oh gosh. Um, so this is kind of like, I guess a broad question, but so this year for like a lot of reasons, I'm like, okay, this is the year to like make it work. You know, like even when I started my business officially, what I at that time was thinking was profitable. I'm like, oh gosh. And then even now I'm like, okay, how many times have I heard in the last two weeks? If you've done your your CODB. And then you're like, Oh, let me start my prices below that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody wants really hard for that number to not be true. We're going like, to like, well, even them. if it says 1500, that can't be accurate. Let's go yeah. down. And it's like, well, just math doesn't really work that yeah. way. <laughs> so like for, for like so many reasons, like this year I have like some, our family has just some increased expenses coming up and my youngest will be going to preschool in the fall. 
So that'll be the, like, so my entire business has been nights and weekends for the last four and a half years, everything. Yeah. And so, um, I think something that's like held me back up to this point is the income I do bring in, we depend on, like, I can't just like, like, Oh, well in six months, it'll be okay. You know? So I'm trying to keep up with my clients that I have, but also start to implement what I'm learning. And so I'm trying to, I guess, strategize how to do that. Cause I can't just be like, well, I'm going to just redo my website, do a CRM add on all these products all in the next few days, because everything's nights and weekends and I still have my clients. Um, so I'm kind of trying to like strategize, like, you know, I don't want to waste time not being really profitable. Mm-hmm. And yet how do I slowly like do this? Like what is the tier of importance here? Yeah. Sense. Will you tell us briefly about how many sessions you did last year? Mm-hmm. And about how many you'd want to do, like how many did you do? What kind of is your sweet spot either per month or per week? And then will you tell us like how your pricing is set up right now and mm-hmm. how much your clients are spending per session right now? Okay. Last year I did like 70 okay. sessions, I think. And that was a combination. So I have my pricing is set up differently by the type of session. I know that you guys have just like your set price. And so my newborns are like the most expensive, the way my pricing is set up now, which, so I'm redoing my website. I'm going to, I think I'm changing to a, like a creative fee, like what you guys have, but what I've had previously is the, it's essentially like you pay for my lowest option. It's not, it's not like you pay and I just give you all the pictures. There's yeah. still like three tiers, but you're essentially paying for the lowest option before you get there. I do okay. like my retainer, which would be like a creative fee, but I just called it a retainer. And then I'd have them pay for the lowest before the session. And then I'd send them their gallery and then they can choose what they've already paid for and pick their pictures, their images, or they can upgrade. At this point, I haven't sold products. That's something I'm looking at doing, okay. but I'm thinking that that's something I want to implement maybe like this fall, like once my youngest is in school, just trying to kind of space things out. My newborns, like the lowest you, like the base, I guess, price would be like 750. Okay. And then the most, I think um, would be like 1300, but generally in the last year, people would spend close to a thousand. Okay. I'd have some people upgrade to about a thousand dollars and some people stay at 750. I never had anybody go to like my top. That's what I was going to ask is like, how often are people getting more than just mm-hmm. what they've already paid for? So, well, it's interesting. It's like a, you know, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts about like the, the mind games of pricing structure. So when I had it set at 700 and then the upgrade to a thousand for like the next level up, I was having like a lot of people do that. But then when I had my base price be 750 and then I was trying to make it go up to 1100 of the next price, like people stopped moving up. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So then I'm like, well, do I want to go back down? But I, I don't want to go back down. Probably a little less than half the people were going up to the middle tier. Okay. And then, and then I know you have different pricing for non-newborns. Mm-hmm. Is it, are we talking like a lot lower, like, like average out? Cause I, you know, we're going to tell you to make all of your pricing the same in the end. So like, I'm not super worried about like, yeah, every yeah. Single, like, so my, people, like um, what is like the lowest you would make for a session? Yeah. So my family sessions, the lowest I would make would be 550. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's say you're making anywhere between 500 to a thousand per session right now. And yeah. last year you did about yeah. seven. Okay. Okay. Based on your cost of doing business now, what is the minimum that you need to make? Like a, a thousand. Session? 
which I'm like, oh, when I got my first upgrade to a thousand, I was like, that's great. But now I'm like, my lowest needs to be a thousand. That's not a big jump. That's not a big jump. It feels like it is. <laughs> because, because here's the thing though. And we talked about this yesterday. You have to have the mindset of when you up your prices, mm-hmm. you suddenly don't have to do as many sessions. So don't go into yeah. that price jump with the mentality of you still have, have to, to do that many. 70 sessions a year to make yeah. the same amount of money. It's just not true. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, you did say that yesterday. I was on your live. I was listening to your live yesterday <laughs> and you said that uh, this morning I was thinking about that. I was like, so inspired after your live yesterday, I went out and sent a couple emails to past clients and yeah. got new sessions booked. I was like, this is great. Yay. Okay. So think about it this way. Like, I know you're kind of wanting to restructure the whole pricing structure mm-hmm. anyway, but let's say you need to hit at least a thousand. Mm-hmm. If you did something like, and I'm just literally throwing these numbers and like ideas out there. If you did something like a $300 session fee, creative mm-hmm. fee, whatever you want to call That's it. How I have it. And then your lowest option would be 700 in your client's mind, like a lot of people, when they majorly raise their prices, mm-hmm. they're going to lose a lot of their current clients. Yeah. I don't think that all too many of your current clients are going to see that and go, Oh, I'm out. Like I'm so out. That's completely yeah. drastically different mm-hmm. because they're going to pay that 300 up front, And then they still see that 700. Yeah. And the difference too, is if you have a session fee of 300 versus a retainer, mm-hmm. then you're not giving that money back. That's money yeah, in your pocket. Yeah. Whereas now it's a credit toward whatever they're buying. People put that $300 down and they forget about it. They wash their hands of yeah. it. Sometimes it's nine months before their newborn session yeah. happens. And so yeah. when they come to pay for those digital files, putting, you know, paying $700 for their files is easy. I don't know what Jenny's going to recommend, but like for, for me, I remember I was like, I think 200 or $300 for a creative fee. And then my digital files would start at 800. Mm. I booked so many sessions that way. Like that, mm. at that price point, I had, I had too many clients. I very quickly raised my price. So yeah. even if you started it with, you know, $700 being for 20 images, mm-hmm. you know, that, that still gives them a good handful for the people that are like really on a budget. And then you can just have those yeah. other ones because in reality, you're going to have a bell curve of some sort, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. going to have the middle's not really going to, well, for me, that's how it's always been. I know that typically you you should have this, like more should be purchased of the middle collection, but it never is. It's like inverted. It's like the most are Mm -hmm. are either the lowest or the highest. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and something that I've heard you say a lot, Allison is, you know, cause I was like, do I switch to a creative fee? Because the reason I set structured my pricing the way I did was because in my mind, I'm like, well, that way when they see their gallery, it doesn't feel like they have to spend as much, but you've mentioned how, but they're not in a spending mindset. Like they're looking at their gallery being like, I've already paid for this. Let me just get what I paid for. And that just like really hit me when you said that, like, no, when they are looking at their gallery, even if it's like, oh, they're spending a little more, you know, versus the way I have it structured, they're going in saying, now let me, which one of these am I going to buy? And not right. just let me receive what I've already paid for. Right. Right. Like totally. Makes and they're sense. like, so emotionally invested already. Like mm-hmm. for me asking my clients or for anybody asking your client to buy up front is just mm-hmm. like asking for them to take more of a risk, take a bit yeah. of a risk and invest in you. Whereas mm-hmm. like once it's their family and their baby in those pictures, it's really so much harder for them to walk away yeah. or spend even if they were 
starting to like wanting to spend at the bare minimum, like they're easily going to want to upgrade to buy more. Yeah. And they're like ready to do that. Like Allison said, in that spending mindset. And I do think it's even easier, the higher price point you go, I think it's easier to ask for a small amount up front and let them decide later. That's it takes the pressure off of them. And yes, they may be spending more overall, but psychologically it's easier in their mind. Mm-hmm. It's like the semantics of it, right? Like people will do like an artwork credit, right? And so I just decided like this year, I want to sell more albums than last year. So Kimbox, get ready. And so what I said for my pricing this year is I'm going to say, if you, if you decide you want to like buy an album, then you get a credit toward that. So it's really pushing them in the direction of what you, what you want to sell, where your margins are good, all Mm -hmm. of that versus calling it an artwork credit right? Like it's not, it's all, it's all the same thing in the, yeah. in the end. It's all, it's, it's all the same. Like it's kind just of guiding how you them set to what it you up. Want them to get. Yeah. Right. Because when you are asking them to pay up front and then they're, they're coming with the mindset to choose their pictures and walk away versus mm-hmm. the other way they're coming to choose their pictures and to spend money. Mm-hmm. And so if they're already in the mindset of spending money, it's a yeah. lot easier to get them to spend more. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So mm-hmm. Ashley, that was another question. I think that you sent over, you said I've avoided selling products because it intimidates me. Yes. What products would you say are the best options for someone just getting started with that? I really want to keep product sales simple while still feeling like I'm serving my clients. What do you think? Do I need to sell more than three or so different products? No, I think absolutely not. Like I sold, I think three or maybe two products for 10 years. I just added in another product a year or so ago Mm -hmm. and I don't even sell a lot of it. (laughs) So I think keeping it simple makes it simple for you, makes it simple for clients to understand. I've opened like photographers product guides before, and it's like pages and pages of different things. And I've been in this business for almost 13 years and know about I would say a lot of products. And even I am like, wait, what is that? What is the difference between this? There's it's no overwhelming. way I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. Think about how you're feeling right now about just thinking about selling products and how that feels mm-hmm. overwhelming to you. You don't want that to come across to a client. So keeping it yeah. simple is I think the best way to do it. And to that, I would do some indie print co albums, of course, you could do just the flush mount or do the flush mount and the matted. They're both like stunning. And then I would do a framed fine art print from Musea because you can literally send him the file and they can drop ship right to your client. That's what so I like mean. Very it makes yeah. it so easy. So right now he's doing some eight by 12s and then a 20 by 30. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even having it shipped here. It's going straight to my client. I know that it's perfect. You don't have to worry about it. So I 100% think that however you sell to your clients, if you do not offer them some products, you are leaving money on the table. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it is, I mean, COVID changed a lot of things. And that's, you know, one, one of those is how Jenny and I like sell our products, but our sales have not gone down since, since that. And it's very much like a process and workflow that we've implemented through 17 hats. And it's easy. Like it's Mm -hmm. so easy. You don't have to sit there and like talk with them. If you don't want to, you can literally do it all online and you'll be surprised at how much more money you make just from offering albums and artwork. 
And yeah, I feel like when I started my business, you know, I'm like a mom, a stay home mom of a million kids. So I was just like, I don't have time for IPS. I just don't have time. Like, that's just not where I am, you know? And then, but still like, you know, creeping on all of you awesome people that sell products. And I was just like, well, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And then I've seen how you guys just like, oh no, we can still sell products. Like when COVID happened, I'm like, wait, there's a way to do this without like, what? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that it's just like all or nothing or that even if you are doing IPS, like I still think IPS in-person sales can be great and it can Mm. be a very elevated service to give a client that wants that. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not necessary to sell products and to make a good living and have fulfilling work for your clients and yourself. Yeah. Like COVID and how we kind of restructured some things really showed us that like, it's not about where you sell to your clients or Mm. all of that, but that you just have them offered and like your pricing structure supports and encourages mm-hmm. those product sales. Yeah, that makes sense. Ashley, what products do you love? Are you an album girl or? I love albums so much. I do yeah. love albums. We've we've been in our house. We moved to this home about a year ago and we still don't have any family pictures up on the walls. And I'm like, okay. Well, I don't get us three started on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel so bad. And I'm always like, oh, you know, print your images, print your images don't look at my house. It doesn't count. Um, (laughs) Did you hear me talk about that on one of the podcast episodes that I built up like my dream home 10 years ago with picture lights down a center hall. And 10 years later, there's still not one picture. I did. I was feeling you on that. (laughs) And I think it's the thing that Jenny said about like, when we give our clients so many options that they're just paralyzed, like, yeah. You, know, you have like, all the options. I have all the options. And yeah. so it's just hard to narrow it down and yeah. you know, make a decision. But. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I love, I love albums. I mean, I love like framed artwork, but I feel like, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, I'd like to have like one, like, you know, like one thing up on the wall, you know, whereas like albums, I'm like, I could have albums and albums and albums forever and just look through all of it. So I feel like that's Something that, because I love it so much, I want to be able to provide that to my clients. But then I'm like, I don't know how to design an album. Like, that's just, okay. It's in the membership. So easy. (laughs) I'm working my way through all the stuff. And it literally takes me anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to design an album. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, It is, it's, albums are my favorite also because I love that I make more money on them. (laughs) And I just love, I love Indie Prinko's albums, like you put them in my hand and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And so I want my, like, I just want all my clients to have them and like play with them in the studio and see Mm -hmm. them. And then designing them is really, I promise you, it's not that bad. It sounds terrifying and it is really, really simple. So we can totally help you do that in membership. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been like working with, I've seriously, for anybody that hasn't joined, you should join. Like, (laughs) But just like when I opened it up, I'm like, all of this information has just been there. They walk you through how to do a business. Yeah. Walk you through how to do a business. I like it. We should rename. We should rename yeah. number two that. Walk you through how to do your business. I really, really think that if you, Indy has a, a sale right now on samples, like, mm-hmm. like watch Jenny's album design video. It's mm-hmm. not long at all. It literally, I designed one yesterday, sent it off to a client for approval and it took longer to get her approval, like for her to just say yes, than for me to even design it. Just say like, I'm going to do that this year and order a sample album, order a framed five by seven from Michael over at Musea mm-hmm. and have it. 
And suddenly you're going to start offering that to clients and you're going to be like, wow, why did I not do this sooner? I've had it, clients that have asked about albums or artwork and I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah. They're ready. They want it. They're like, what am I doing? People are asking. I got one today in the mail and every time I get them, I'm just like, this is so beautiful. Mm, like, yeah, it's like you hold it in your hand and they're, and especially like, Ashley, if you're already you're, you already are such a fan of albums. Like you will be able to sell them just because you can authentically talk about how much yeah. you love them. It's not you trying to sell something. It's you that genuinely liking something yeah. and wanting to give that to your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm not serving them the best way I could. Um, exactly. I'm not offering products. You're doing them a favor and you're giving them something that like you believe in so much and love so much that that will easily translate into how you talk about it with them. They're going to want that too. The dad in my studio this morning, I had a maternity session and the dad picks up an album and he goes, Oh, this is really cool. I was like, I know. I was like, I'm going to do those. <laughs> and so like selling doesn't have to be high pressure. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. He, you know, he's sitting there at my coffee table looking at them and I didn't want to jump over and be like, and here's what you can buy. And like, it was just like, yeah, they are. They're amazing. Yeah. This one and this one too. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is cool. He loved, he was touching the velvet. He loved that. Okay. I'm going to switch, switch a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. So are you going to start blogging? Okay. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, I'm completely like getting a new website, like total, I I have an old Wix site I made five years ago. And so I'm like, okay, time to get a grown up website. So I'm working on that and it will launch like mid February. At that point, I am planning to start blogging, like for the sake of SEO and all that, because I know that's like killing me. Yeah. I ran your website through SEMrush, which is great for SEO stuff Mm -hmm. and was looking at like your backlinks and your traffic and all of that. So if you start blogging, that Mm -hmm. will help tremendously just because it's going to show Google that like you're active, you're constantly giving new, you know, content out there. Uh Um, Really watch Melissa's content in the membership that will help you with like ensuring that everything is set up properly Mm -hmm. on your new website so that you just do it right from the very beginning. And then when you start blogging, if it's like fresh, you'll be able to really use the correct keywords versus myself and Jenny, when we started blogging years and years ago, you could have blog posts that were titled like Houston newborn photographer and it was fine, but like now you can't. So now I'm dealing with like undoing some of that stuff, but, um, but yeah, definitely listen to Melissa's, you know, her, her podcast and then her content just so that you're set up correctly so that you, you know, you, your ranking, it says number 10 for Charlottesville family photographers, Mm -hmm. which is great considering that you don't have a blog. So I think as soon as you add that in, that will help. And then with raising your prices, you need more traffic to be able to like, you know, you got to reach that ideal client. Yeah. To get the clients that I'll need. Yeah. On the topic of like my website also, Mm -hmm. the way I'm like my current website set up, I just want to change so much. I'm not going to have my full pricing listed on my new website. Um, Even as is like, it's like people go to my website, click investment, read, and then either leave or, you know, to go back to Google to look at someone else or contact me. And I feel like there's, there's gotta be ways like that you can kind of like guide people. You know what I mean? Like what might be good to have on like the homepage without seeing like your new website design. I think you have to think of it as remember that clients don't read. 
So it's all about like that first impression. They're only taking a few seconds on your homepage, a few seconds on each page. I do think pulling that full pricing off will get a better picture of are they leaving not because they can't afford it or they don't like what you're offering in terms Mm -hmm. of like packages, or is this just not the photographer for them? I like not having full pricing on websites because that gives you the option to see, you know, if you're not getting any inquiries at all, then you know that it, it's not because of your pricing. But if you're getting tons and tons of inquiries and booking zero of them, then you have to look at, it could be something about your pricing structure. It could be something about what you're offering and how you're offering it. Mm-hmm. And so to that, I think on the front end, thinking about knowing that they don't read or have a very long attention span, like what are the bare minimum bullet point things that like, I need a client to know about me, what I do, what I offer them, what you can do for them and thinking about those things. And like that stuff should go on your homepage images that really, really represent your brand and nothing else, like nothing else should go on your website or social media. If you would not want to photograph it all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And if you're wanting to start offering products, you know, make sure that you sprinkle those throughout your website. Um, it's really, there's templates and TMA that you can pop a picture in and then you're showing products while also showing an, a picture of your work. So it's like the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't need to go like super heavy with them everywhere, but you definitely need to make it to where from the moment that you make that first impression all the way to when you're doing the ask at the very end, they have seen and know that you offer that service of, Mm -hmm. you know, album design or, you know, wall art Mm -hmm. to make sure it's sprinkled. I, you know, I recently redid my website and I read story brand again to try to like help me with just copy and like how I wanted to lay it out. But it's really hard after you've been in it for so long to sort of take a step back and remember being the client. And so that's really what I tried so hard to do whenever I redid my website. And so for me, that meant like having a really clear menu up top, having a handful of like images that they could see right away. And then my first thing on the homepage is what do we offer? And it shows them and they can click to those pages. And every page is very intentional with like using a keyword for Google and all of that. But I sort of, I sort of took a step back and was like, how, if I was a client, like, how do I want to walk through it? Right. Like, I don't want to have to, the least amount of clicks is good because they want to find out what they want right then and there. And they don't want to have to search for it. So Mm. maybe keep that in mind whenever you're designing it so that you're not having to like back up and do the work again and Mm -hmm. just make sure that your homepage is optimized for whatever your main keyword is going to be and then showcase on that homepage everything that comes with so like mine's Houston newborn photographer everything's geared toward that it's you know it shows like first year membership a single session everything so mm-hmm. it's like giving them the best quality without taking up their time so that they're going to stay yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. it's a really fine balance and i whatever you think you need on there you probably need like half of that but mm-hmm. it needs to be like quality, quality over quantity with, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. So you had a few questions about marketing. Do you use any sort of email marketing, especially if you've offered limited edition sessions? Do you have any sort of referral program? Um, How do you encourage clients to leave Google reviews? And then she wanted to talk a little bit about welcome packages. Do you mail them? 
I told you I was coming with a whole lot of questions. No, that's (laughs) great. So email email marketing first. Yes. So Allison and I both use Flowdesk. TMA uses Flowdesk also, and I love it. I really could not stick to any kind of like email marketing or newsletter before Flowdesk existed. And now I actually send them out monthly to every other month or depending on like what is going on. If there's like a you know, if you have limited edition sessions or something, that could be like an extra one. And especially with you already having built up a previous client list, that will be your best friend. Allison had that challenge this week to reach out to past clients. And I sent, I cheated a little bit and sent one email (laughs) to all of them in Flowdesk versus like a personalized email to everybody individually. And I've, I like had book sessions all last night, all day today. Like they're like flooding in for my entire year this year. And so that is huge every time, even if it's not an email that I send out to specifically like, Hey, let's get your 2023 session on my calendar. Even if it's not for that. And it's just something else entirely, even if it's an email that's, you know, just sharing some of my favorite things with them and like a blog post that I want them to see. And like my Instagram I always, always get at least one person who replies, a past client who's like, oh, I need to book a session. It just like reminds them and serves them in a way that isn't like super salesy, but is also like, hey, I'm here. Don't forget about me. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's even yesterday, just emailing two of my past clients. I was like, I'm just going to do this real quick while it's on my mind. And they both like instantly were like, oh yes, I've been meaning to, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that easy. (laughs) Like then I'm like, okay, who else do I need to email? Well, just redo your pricing before you send it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Don't book, don't book a bunch of 2023 sessions before you do that. Yeah. You may even find like back to pricing. I think you will find that a lot of your clients really, really like that of not having to choose their package up front and pay for it up front and pay Mm -hmm. up front and are like, oh, that's nice. Like to me, that's a service to your clients. Yeah. And I think with the, with like doing it that way also, I'm looking to incorporate like a membership type thing like you guys do, which mm-hmm. if you, it, it makes it so much more simple to explain when it's just like, oh, off of the creative fee versus I, I was doing like, you know, oh, it's like this much off the session, but like applied to the end because you don't want to apply it to the beginning because then what if they don't book at the end, right? And it was yeah. just like this whole, and I'm like, oh, that just simplifies the process for me and for my clients for them to understand mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't want them to be like overwhelmed in the booking process that's anti the goal. So right. Yep. The more you can simplify literally everything, the better it is for yourself, especially with four kids and the better it is for your clients. (laughs) Okay. Email list. What else was the next one? You think they use a referral program? No, I don't. I don't Um, either. (laughs) I, so I think that, okay. I would rather my clients authentically just like Mm -hmm. refer me and then I send them like a thank you. That could be done in many, many ways, but I feel like that is better. Now I will ask for a Google review that I hundred percent will. That's, that's like incorporated in my client workflow. And, you know, they get an email afterwards saying like, thank you for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. My business grows best by Google reviews. So I would appreciate it. I will ask for that. I don't like have, well, number one, I'm way too lazy to keep track of who does what. And like, if it was like earning something, Yeah. so I'm just not, I've got too much on my plate. I cannot add that to it. So it just feels better that like, if I know, Oh, you know, Shelby has sent a lot of people my way. I need to say, thank you. I can just do that. And it feels, it feels more true to me. So that's why I've done it. Now I know that there's a lot of people that do have like a referral program and it's, it works. 
I just don't have the energy to mm. track it and nor does it like really fit with yeah. my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I bet if you work that line into a email, the same way you said you asked for a Google review, if you just ask for a referral saying how much you would appreciate it, I bet you would get a lot of success with that. Because mm-hmm. I think in reality, whether you tell them you're going to give them something in return up front, if somebody is truly happy with your experience and their pictures or either or, they're not going to not tell their friends. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. not share them. And so it's like almost, you don't have to do that. Yeah. I've never done one, but then yeah. it's one of those things that you hear other people be like, well, why aren't you doing one? Cause you can, you know, like my question yeah. would be like, why do you have to bribe them to refer you? Yeah, exactly. Like, and again, not that they're bad, but it's like, I don't think, I don't think it's as necessary as some people think they might be. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason you're not allowed to like promise something for a Google review because you want it to be genuine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you guys were saying that you just like, when you send their gallery, you ask for a Google review then? I have a final email that I send in my workflow. Okay. And it just thanks them for hanging out with me, doing a session, whenever. So in my online workflow process, they pay. And then when I'm ready to send their, their like purchased images or say like that their gallery is now active for downloads. I say it in that. And then at the very end, I say, you know, if you've been happy with our time together, I would love you to click and review. Mm-hmm. Same. Mine goes with that, like download. Um, oh, it's still like fresh thank you your download email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you said something about welcome boxes, right? Yeah. So there, there is also, I think Jenny, you do the content for that, right? Right. Yeah. There is stuff there, um, that will, that we've linked like all of our favorite things. Stuff has changed. I mean, we always are changing stuff out, but I have it in my workflow to where, you know, they sign the contract, they pay their invoice, and then it immediately prompts me to send out that welcome box. So that goes to them immediately after they do that. And I do it like a thank you note and a little, it's like a little like guide that mm-hmm. they, they can plan um, everything. Well, I've planned it. I just tell them about it. Um, and then just some goodies, you know, like I just had custom candles made. There's tea and sugar sticks and just good stuff that like I would like things. to get. I yeah. give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even so much about like what is in the box, but just like, again, like back to what we were talking about yesterday with like the purple cow, like what can you do that not every other photographer, the 50 in a mile range around you is doing. If you can do something that's different, regardless of like what the execution actually is to kind of surprise or over deliver Mm -hmm. to your clients is just like a little bit of extra, like, wow. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, like dads have been really impressed with welcome boxes, especially if they're in business or like marketing or branding at all. Mm -hmm. Like if they're at all in that genre of like the business world, they're like, wow, this is impressive. Oh, I have to, speaking of a dad, I'm going to show you. Okay. But yeah, like I've had, of course, moms, like usually will email and be like, I got your box. Like, that's so sweet. Thank you. And they love it. But like a dad, like at the session, if we're meeting for the first time, they're like, I saw that box you sent. Like that was really cool. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask if you would just share, what have you found to be the most valuable part of the membership or the motherhood anthology? What's helped you the most, do you think? Um, Well, so for me, I think that like making this like next jump has just been like the thought is overwhelming 
uh, because, you know, like I said, all of the little pieces involved. And so, I mean, I really feel like for anybody that's like, oh, I don't have time for this, or I, you know, can't take that next step or, you know, whatever. I just joining the membership and like seeing what was available. I mean, you know, I've needed a CRM for two and a half years. I have needed one and just put it off because learning how to use one was just the thought of having to learn it was overwhelming. And I mean, every single step is just right there for you. And it's like, it's like that for every aspect, like the CRM is the, like the one that I'm working on, like working through all the components of implementing, but it's any realm of, oh, I should do this, but I don't know how it's just like, you know, I feel like I, I was thinking so many people that try to like sell educational things are like, it's the roadmap to success. And I'm always like, oh, that's so cliche. But I was like, this really is, <laughs> this really, it really, like they tell you like exactly what to do and how to do it. So I don't feel like I'm like drowning, trying to learn stuff, you know, for like a CRM. I'm like, I know it could help me in the long run, but I don't have the time to figure it out on my own. And it's like, oh, I have a teacher right here teaching me how to do it. And for each little thing, like whether it's a CRM or, you know, stuff with like how to do mini sessions. Like I was looking through all that stuff the other day, like, you know, how to run successful, like short sessions or anything like that. It's like really just laid out for you. And then you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. So yeah, I feel like for anybody that's just overwhelmed at the thought of learning these new things, like it's there, like there's somebody there to teach you. You know, so often, like, I feel like I can brag on the motherhood anthology, not, and not be tooting my own horn, so to speak, because the beautiful part and the most valuable part of it is that it's not just content from me, Allison and Jenny. I mean, there's so like, it's truly like a community and there's so many educators and new educators every Mm -hmm. month that are adding content. So I mean, oh, definitely. whether you're this or that, or you do things this way or that way, there's something for you. Oh there. yeah. I love that because there's not in the end, you want everybody to be profitable, but there are different ways to approach it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is what works for me. And this is what works for me. And I can figure out from all of that information, what works for me. Um, so I do love getting like the different like approaches to stuff and just even like on the Facebook group, like I was in the the community group for a long time, but being in the membership group, I'm like, there is so much extra information. <laughs> like, I didn't know like that there was like a tear up that this Facebook group could be, but it totally is. Well, I think it being a more private group, people feel a little more comfortable sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Information numbers and mm-hmm. um, details. Different things. Yeah, you get to pick the best of everything and then apply it to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the hardest thing for me as a new business owner was I was literally Googling how to open a small business in Texas. How do I like with with 17 hats, like I created that content on how to set it up, but I spent hours upon hours Googling and watching their help tutorials and talking with their support team, all of that. And so I think that's just really for me, the best thing about TMA is that like, it saves people so much hassle because we've done it. Like we've walked that path and then we're making it easier for people now, because instead of you spending, you know, 15 hours setting up 17 hats, you can watch this tutorial, follow these easy steps and it's done. Yeah. So, and and I think that like extrapolates over the whole, all the content, it just makes it Right. just makes it easier. I mean, yeah. It's a huge time saver in learning. And I'm not, yeah, and then exactly you, what you said, like having to Google how to do everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's once again, cliche, but like the, well, why didn't I do this sooner? 
<laughs> so much information there. And I just appreciate you guys so much. Just like in the Facebook groups and everywhere, you're just always willing to help. Like when people do have questions and like, I appreciate that. That's not just like, well, just, just, it's in the content. So just go just, you know, like, you're like, oh, well, give me your numbers. How can we help you? Um, <laughs> you guys are great educators. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> Ashley, before we let you go, I have a question. So if you had to start all over again, what would, what would you do different? Is there one thing that one piece of advice you would tell someone that's just starting? Yeah, I think just to start out profitable, like just like the, the idea of, you know, spending so long, you know, thinking that I'm making money, but actually like paying people to take pictures. Like that's just, when I look back, you know, I have four kids and it's now I feel like my mindset is so much changed. And you guys have talked about this, the is this worth leaving my family for? Like, mm -hmm. and that has just been a huge mindset shift for me because it's, you know, like I'm still a mom, like that's important, right? And right. I'm doing a disservice if, if this doesn't benefit my family. So I think just kind of like that mindset shift of not basically deceiving myself to be like, oh, well, I'm serving other people, you know, the XYZ can't afford this when most of them could easily or mm -hmm. all of them. And then I'm just like doing a disservice to my family. And I'm like, no, like this is, there is a way to serve my family and my clients. Mm -hmm. If I had gone in from the beginning with like that mindset. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you guys so much. Okay. Awesome. Well, it was great meeting you, Ashley. Thank you. You guys too. Y'all take care. I know one thing. I can't wait to check back in with Ashley in a few months to see her business flourishing. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being vulnerable with all of us today and for asking all your great questions and being so open to our direction and advice. People like Ashley make our TMA community and membership a collaborative, welcoming, and encouraging place for all fellow motherhood photographers. Speaking of the TMA community, if you haven't joined us there, we sure would love to see you. Simply go to Facebook and search the Motherhood Anthology Community. Also, while I have you, I would appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a rating and review here on this platform. Those ratings and reviews only take a short moment, but they help us tremendously, not only in the growth of this podcast, but in our planning of future episodes. We want to make sure that this podcast and the episodes that we feature are valuable tools for you, and your feedback helps us with just that. I wanted to wrap up today with this quote from Mark Twain, which I think is quite appropriate. He once said, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel like you too can become great. When you're seeking to bring big plans to fruition, it's important with whom you regularly associate. Hang out with friends who are like-minded and who are also designing purpose-filled lives. Similarly, be that kind of friend for your friends. And with that, from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.